0: Hello and welcome to night number 12 of 31 Nights of frights, Year 4, The Stephen King of Horror. My name is Adam and I'll be your host. Night number 12 brings us to a Stephen King original. Well, sort of original because this is based off of an unpublished Stephen King story. Starring Brian Krause, Madchen Amick, and Alice Crege. This is the 1992 Mick Garris directed Sleepwalkers. Sleepwalkers tells the story of Charles Brady and Mary Brady, mother and son who love each other a little bit too much and also are sleepwalkers which are half-human half-cat. Sleepwalkers are unique creatures not just because they are half-human half-cat but also require a special diet in order to survive, and that is... the soul of a virgin female. Oh yeah, they're also terrified of regular house cats. Of course, there's more things to be said about the plot, but that's pretty much the main gist of the whole story. And if it sounds like a weird one, that's because it is. I remember seeing Sleepwalkers when I was a kid and not really knowing what to think about it because I knew that it seemed like it was a bad movie, but it's not actually a bad movie. It has a very B-movie-esque feel about it, which... when I was about 8 years old, of course, that would have been lost on me. So I never knew what to actually think about Sleepwalkers. I've seen it a few times and have enjoyed it a little bit more as I've gotten older. Specifically because I knew what Mick Garris and Stephen King were aiming for in this truly bizarre cinematic creation. It should be of no surprise that this is a cult favorite film, and I think rightfully so. It's a film that never takes itself too seriously, so us as the viewer should not take it seriously either. Thankfully, from the very start of the movie, we are told what a sleepwalker actually is. My simple explanation is that it's half human, half cat. But here is what the film actually says the sleepwalker is. A sleepwalker is a nomadic, shape-shifting creature with human and feline origins. Vulnerable to the deadly scratch of the cat, a sleepwalker feeds upon the life force of virginal human females, probable source of the vampiric legend. So, they're saying that, A sleepwalker is very closely related to a vampire, but instead of turning into a bat, it would turn into a cat. I have to say that in the opening credits with seeing some of the bizarre images of the cat people, or the sleepwalkers, it shows the creatures through the ages, which I thought was really well done. I don't know if it exactly fits the movie because it feels more gothic than what the film actually presents itself but it was nice to see that this was this legend that the film was establishing. Before that opening we are treated to many dead and mutilated cats. Thankfully it's not too much but as an animal lover it bugged me just a little bit in the beginning. This is also where we get our first view of a cameo. This movie has a whole bunch of cameos running throughout and keep your eyes open for Luke Skywalker himself, Mark Hamill, as a police officer. A little bit later in the movie, some of the other cameos that come about are Stephen King himself, which is always welcome to see him in a cameo capacity in one of his films or film adaptations. But there's also Clive Barker, John Landis, Toby Hooper, Joe Dante, And Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman probably has the biggest role out of all these cameos, but I'm going to say, considering his appearance is short, I'm going to say Ron Perlman is a cameo as well. It's pretty awesome that Mick Garris was able to get all of his horror creator buddies all in one spot in his film. We really don't get this kind of cameo action from other films, especially nowadays, so it's very neat to see all of these famous voices in horror in one movie. As I mentioned earlier, this movie isn't supposed to be taken seriously. It's a comedic B-movie through and through. We have a movie with sleepwalkers who are afraid of cats and sleepwalkers can make themselves and cars invisible. That's right. This is one of their special powers. They can turn a car into another car. They can make it invisible. They can make themselves invisible. You go and take a photo of them, or if you see them, well, they can make their faces blur. All of these things really just add to the overall cheese of the story, and I think that's one of the things that makes it a worthwhile view. If you watch it with the right mindset going into it, you're going to have a blast with it. One of the more interesting things is that the movie Sleepwalkers is filled with a bunch of taboos, such as the Sleepwalkers being mother and son and, like I said earlier, loving each other a little bit too much. The movie proceeds to actually show a sex scene between them. Kinda adds to the ick and creep factor to the film. We also have a blackmailing teacher who didn't want payment in the form of money. I think you know what I'm getting at there. All of those taboos that you don't normally see in a film, much less from a major release from a studio, is impressive. The other impressive thing is that it's way over the top with its blood and gore. When it occurs, which I feel like there isn't enough here, but when something happens, like a hand being ripped off, it's shown in full-on gory glory. Unsurprisingly, most of the gore in action is at the end of the movie. In one of the more inventive kills, we actually get to see a cop killed by a corn cob. Seriously. Along with Ron Perlman getting four of his fingers bitten off. I think the movie should have gone full B-movie with even more insane antics. It probably would have fit a little bit better with the tone of the film. Either way, even though the movie doesn't cross over into full B-movie camp, it doesn't stop it from being fun. It just could have been more fun. I mean, when Madchen Amick is being forced to dance with the corpse of Charles as a cat, it's very humorous, but it's also disturbing at the same time. I love the fact that Mick Garris's direction here is very loose. Back in the day as a child, up until that point, I had not seen any other films directed by him other than Critters 2. But just like how he injected some fun into the Critters' world with Critters 2, he directed a very fun film here. Considering the movie's title is Sleepwalkers, I think it's a nice little touch that the movie uses the song Sleepwalk by Santo and Johnny consistently throughout the film and to great effect. Because, you know, they're sleepwalkers, so obviously their favorite song is going to be Sleepwalk. It totally fits and is perfect. I have to say I do enjoy the cast with this one. I especially love the fact that actress Machin Amick is in this movie. With being a big Twin Peaks fan, it's always nice to see her show up in other projects. Actor Brian Krause is also very funny in his role because he's suitably over the top for everything that he does in the movie. I'd have to say my favorite person in the movie who's killed off way too soon is actor Dan Martin. A lot of things that he says and does in the movie is hilarious. Me personally, I don't think Sleepwalkers is a great story. It's not a great film, but what it is is it's a fun film. It's a movie that you can sit down, relax, and wind up having a blast with it. Sadly, when I saw it in theaters, that fun was lost on me. It was lost on my mom as well. She didn't quite get what they were going for. Now as an adult, I realized that Sleepwalkers is definitely a worthy film in the long history of Stephen King films and film adaptations. I'm going to close out tonight's episode. As a reminder, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam underscore analyzes. If you need to catch up on some past episodes, you can do so at adamanalyzes.com. There you can find Past Years of 31 Nights of Frights or my main podcast, Adam Analyzes. If you don't do the whole social media thing, you can drop me an email at adamanalyzespodcast at gmail.com. And finally, if you are enjoying my podcast, uh, why not tell a friend about it? Why not tell two friends? Or if you have a free moment, I would greatly appreciate it if you would leave a five star rating at the podcast listening platform of your choice. It'll allow me to reach new listeners as well as create new content. With that being said, be kind and good night. I will see you back here tomorrow for night number 13.